From Everything Financial, welcome to Episode 7 of the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. I'm John Abbott, and he is Peter Sushecki, President of Everything Financial. And our guest joining us today on the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast is Notary Public Bart Aldrich. His website is coquitlamnotarypublic.ca. Again, coquitlamnotarypublic.ca. Welcome, Bart, to the uh, Your Money Podcast. Thanks, John. Well, we're excited to uh, get to know a little bit more about yourself and your services and as it relates to uh, personal and financial planning. But before we do, just want to say thanks to everyone who listened to episodes five and six. Reminder that you can uh, to like us and subscribe to us on all the, uh, all the podcast platforms, including the Everything Financial YouTube channel. And please send your questions in uh, for Bart, for future guests as well, your money at Everything Financial dot com uh, as well. So let's get to it, Bart. Uh, in your profession, what makes notaries in BC different than those in the rest of Canada, those even in the US? Because I think, you know, people are learning more about this as they get to different stages of life. But maybe there's a misnomer that everybody's the same. Yeah, good question. Um, across most of North America, notary publics um, really are just a um, a function to allow witnessing documents, uh, more like a commissioner of oaths. The three distinct areas that are a little bit different include British Columbia, Quebec, and the state of Louisiana. Uh, so Quebec and Louisiana, because of their French heritage, and, <laughs> uh, and British Columbia, is much closer to the role of a lawyer. Oh, really? Okay, well, that's very interesting. Uh, is that part of the reason why you went into the profession in this province? Um, funny story and long one, but we'll try to keep it short. Um, <laughs> I spent about 25 years in the life insurance industry doing uh, estate planning and uh, was ready for a, a little change of scenery. And uh, suddenly at the age of 50, I discovered what a notary public was. And, oh, my uh, goodness. That's amazing. Yeah, I, and so I love it. Several years later, here I am. And the rest Happy is, to have made is the, the move. The Bart rest is history, good. as they say. Bart looks good, but he's 85 now. So he's <laughs> Oh, these are two friends on the line. I'm the man in the middle, but we're all having fun today on uh, the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. Bart Aldrich joining us once again. Uh, so, Bart, for those that are maybe new to this idea or new to the recognition that this is uh, something they need to take advantage of and need to plan for moving forward, what services do you offer? Good question. Um, as a notary, my practice uh, consists of three main areas. Uh, the first is conveyancing. So that's uh, any of the legal paperwork required around buying or selling a home, uh, refinancing a mortgage. Uh, second area is personal planning documents, such as wills, power of attorneys, representation agreements. And then the third area is simple notarizations witnessing a document where um, you know your signature has to be witnessed by someone legal, affidavits, statutory declarations, uh, providing certified copies, that sort of thing. Well, there's so many different avenues to get to, and uh, it's, so, it's so vital uh, for individuals, couples, uh, planning what's ahead and uh, trying to take the proper steps to take care of themselves, their families, uh, potentially, and uh, certainly their finances, and that's uh, also, how it applies to, to Peter, who can weigh in here as well. Uh, let's start with real estate, Bart and Peter. Um, what do you offer those uh, under that heading? And, uh, you know, why is it important that somebody uh, take time to come to you? 
Well, when it comes to real estate transactions, um, there are certain requirements that have to be completed by either a lawyer or notary public in BC. So those include uh, preparing the paperwork that has to be submitted to the land title office and agreeing to conditions for um, exchange of documents and funds between buyer's um, representative, seller's representative, and of course, explaining those uh, obligations and commitments to the clients themselves. And a lot of this can be tied into will and estate planning, uh, of course. So how does uh, a will figure into an estate plan? Are they the same thing? <laughs> uh, certainly not. A will <laughs> is one component of an estate plan. And it really ensures that your plans are carried out and your wishes as to the distribution of your assets are, um, are followed through on in the event of your death. And Peter, maybe you can jump. Yeah, oh, maybe sorry, you can sorry, jump sorry. in here. Yeah, a common question we get relating to the real estate for Bart to help people with is, and we're talking about wills. So a spouse dies, they were both on the property. What does the person have to do to get the property transferred to their own name when their spouse dies? Well, that's a very simple transaction and one that we unfortunately have to deal with on, uh, on a regular basis. Um, there are some documents that have to be filed with the land title office. It's not part of the estate, so it doesn't have to go through the probate process if it's held as joint tenants. So that's a really important issue and one that we discuss with our clients a lot because that may be appropriate in most cases, but there may be many circumstances where that's not the type of arrangement that's desired. You may certainly want some of the value of that property to be part of the estate so it can be distributed to other family members as opposed to directly to the spouse. And Bart, kind of uh, a, a twofold question here and uh, for Peter as well, so I'm really getting complicated now. Uh, what, what do you say to those people that are putting off uh, getting a will done or think that it might not be necessary um, for them at, at maybe an earlier stage of life per se? What do you say to those people, Bart and then Peter, and uh, why should that be uh, proactive? Why should that be thought of uh, prior to later stages of life? From my perspective, the most important issue of preparing a will for a young person, especially someone with young children, is the issue of guardianship. If both parents were to tragically die, uh, those children, if you do not have guardians appointed in your will, are now going to be uh, under the care of the public guardian and trustee of, for the province of BC. Um, and that may not be the best for the kids or uh, what you're, certainly not what your wishes would be. Yep. When we do our Omni formula and we have a, a questionnaire and a checklist of documents, on that checklist is will. So one of the things and most common answer is, uh, we don't have one. So I tell people, um, and actually Bart, and a law firm we work with kind of collaborated for us and gave us an example, a template, it's not a will, it's a template of questionnaires to get people started. Cause that's the biggest thing, right Bart, is getting them started to put pen to paper and book an appointment. And the first thing we say to them is from a financial planning perspective, getting the will done better now. It's kind of like you plan these things well in advance as Bart said before tragedy strikes. And we tell people biggest decision too, and Bart sees this, I know, all the time. 
who's the guardian going to be? That's the biggest fight people have is who's the guardian. And I tell people that the person in trust of the money, a lot of times best to name that as a different person. Who's the executor trustee? Who's going to look after the money and who's going to look after the kids. And then I, I put them on to BART right away and say, look, get the will done before we move forward. And I I'm giving him kudos here. BART will also at really no, you know, advantage to him. I will send him wills and say, what do you think? Is it up to date? Cause people want an opinion. It's 10 years old. Should I go through it again? Do I need to do it? And Bart will have a quick look for you and he's not making anything. He's just being a really a good guy. Now he's blushing is he'll look through it and go, you know what? It's good shape. Nothing's changed. They're in good shape. So he's not looking just to make a buck. He's looking to give good advice. So that's something else to keep in mind, Bart, is that it's, it should be something that's continually under review as well, just to make sure that as your life changes, that you're covered. And it's not only life changes, um, rules change as well. Um, provincial government institutes new laws and amendments that uh, may affect your will, your wishes. Um, you may think that everything's still in accordance with your wishes, but certain laws change and now your will is gonna be a disaster if, uh, if it's not amended correctly. I like to think of wills and power of attorneys like um, house insurance. You really hope you never need that, but if you don't have one, it's really tough to get when you do need them. I think that's some good advice. Bart Aldrich is joining us, No Republic, and uh, Mr. Peter Sushecki as well. And we're, we're covering uh, the topics of will estate planning. And we talked a little bit about real estate and how that plays a hand. We talked about uh, a will for um, most often families and why that's important. What happens to someone's property, Bart? in this province if they pass and they don't have a will? Well, contrary to a very common belief, it doesn't all go to the government. Um, They are still going to take their probate fees. That's there regardless. But um, the the province does have specific laws in effect, the Wills, Estate and Succession Act, and it dictates how your property is divided depending on your particular circumstances. Are you married? Do you have children? Are those children um, descendants of you and your spouse or of you and another person? So that all takes, uh, takes account and then the distribution is done according to your particular circumstances. So very, there are very strict laws in effect that will deal with things. It just might not be the way you would want. And Peter, why do you think people hesitate on these things that, uh, you know, our homeowners, landowners uh, that, that have families, why do you think people hesitate? Um, Bart kind of alluded to it that people think, well, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have anything. It's going to go to my spouse. Uh, automatically, they think that. And, and, and I've had this discussion with Bart many times where we get, you know, integrated families with kids from different marriages and stuff. And then it just gets complicated. But one of the other big ones is, why do I need a will? It's just going to be expensive. It's just another cost. But a lot of times it's, it's one of those discussions people just don't want to have. It makes them look at mortality. It makes them look at, I may not be here. And it's uncomfortable for people. It's my job, though, as a registered financial planner to put the will front and center or else I'm not doing my fiduciary responsibility to make sure the client is looked after. And 
as a registered financial planner doing a real financial plan, not a projection, will should be front and center. And if your person's not bringing up a will and referring you to someone like Bart, a lawyer, whoever they're in association with, then they're not doing their job finding someone else. Because Bart's there, yeah, he makes a living. But first and foremost, he has a responsibility to make sure your estate working with the financial planner has a nice little bow tied up on it so that if you're gone, your loved ones are looked after property properly and kind of without disruption. That's the key, right, Barton? Having things move smoothly. They take time to probate an estate and do the executor duties. But if you can have everything in order, it generally does move quite smoothly. Exactly. And I think um, to follow up on that, I think one of the biggest challenges for people is they think it's going to be difficult and uh, a very painful process to go through. One of the most common uh, responses I get when we finish up with a client is, well, that was painless. So uh, <laughs> that tells you a lot. Uh, Bart, one of the other things we want to get into is we lay out information for those people that are maybe close and uh, coming to visit yourself or uh, another notary and uh, are maybe putting this front and present in their lives is uh, power of attorney. What is power of attorney? And is that the same as advanced health directives? John, good question. Um, they are similar sort of documents, but for different purposes. Power of attorney allows someone to act on your behalf for any legal or financial matter if you're not able to do things for yourself, whereas a representation agreement um, appoints someone to make medical or personal care decisions for you. The representation agreement doesn't specify what sort of decisions to make, nor does a power of attorney for that matter, but an advanced directive would lay out specific directions for the type of medical care you would want made. Um, in my opinion, power of attorney is one of the most underappreciated documents uh, out there. People think, oh, it's only, I only need it when I get old. Um, that's hardly the case. It, it is useful for young adults while they're traveling around the world. When we can go back to that sort of thing. <laughs> my age, we travel or would like to travel and uh, may suddenly get stuck in some country on the other side of the earth because of some global pandemic. Power of attorney would allow someone to act on their behalf to get things done uh, here at home. And then, of course, for seniors, it's really important to have in place prior to any ailments, uh, early dementia starting to set in, um, because that's when it's really going to be needed. A key part, too, of the power of attorney, I know Bart can comment on this, and it's part of my responsibility, is it doesn't give people the, the, the keys to the safe and free carte blanche access to the cookie jar. If I see irresponsibility in the use of the parent's money because the child's got power of attorney and they're just trying to go hog wild, it's my responsibility to point that out. Perhaps Bart, Bart can comment on that. Yeah, the power of attorney is very clear in that it allows someone to access your assets, but only for your own personal needs and care. Um, the power of attorney document can expand on that, but it's still going to be very um, clear and concise as to just what sort of authority they do have. 
and it certainly doesn't allow them to raise jar, as you say, Peter, and take that money for their own needs or start giving it to other family members uh, if that wasn't your uh, particular wishes. Uh, important to note that for sure. Uh, gentlemen, I want to bring you both in on this. Peter, we'll start with you. Uh, just overall, uh, Peter, when we're reflecting on this, how are wills and estate planning an important parts of a, an overall financial plan? How do they fit together cohesively? Well, with our Omniformula, we say it's like a GPS, guidance, performance, strategies. When, like anything in a GPS, you have a starting point and ending point. Not having a will, not having a state plan, not having a power of attorney, not having a representation agreement, you've got 90% of the way to your destination and then you have four roads to take and you don't know which one to take. It puts the bow on it, completes it so that your wishes are carried forward because unfortunately you never know when the finish line is going to come at you. It could come at you very suddenly. I've had people who these crises in life and a, a common one, and Bart would know that, you know, can comment on this too, because we've both seen it, is someone in an early stage in life having a stroke, where all of a sudden they can't communicate properly. It can come suddenly. Someone becomes a widow, widower, and they're 30 years old. And there's no point in doing the whole plan if you don't have that ending agreement that tightens it up into a nice little package. Otherwise, you've wasted all that time doing the plan. And in the case of a power of attorney, if some um, tragedy did strike and, as Peter said, you're unable to communicate properly, well, now no one has the authority to make sure that your, the financial plan you'd set in place, um, someone has the ability to continue with that and make the ongoing decisions that are necessary. Fortunately, I've seen it a couple of times in my career where exactly that sort of situation has arisen someone is, um, has suffered a brain injury that doesn't allow them to communicate clearly. Family members have gone to court to try to be appointed committee, which is the, the overriding um, legal appointment of someone to act on your behalf. But the courts have not found that person incapable. They're now stuck right. in that gray zone of they're not able to prepare or appoint someone um, because their incapacity is uh, limiting that, but yet the court won't override their ability to do things for themselves. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the worst case scenario. Wow. Yeah. When you uh, provide examples like that, it's, it's uh, all too real and uh, reinforces the importance of the discussion that we're having today and the conversation we're having today. Uh, he is Bart Aldrich and Peter Sashecki uh, is from Everything Financial. And so guys, uh, one final question just to help people uh, before they come to see you, Peter, or see you, Bart, what do they need to be prepared for? What are some steps that they can actively take uh, to be better prepared uh, before they, they walk in your doors? From my perspective, don't worry about it. Just get the conversation starting. Um, basically, that's what I do. Just have a conversation with them about what their situation is, what their circumstances are, and I try to um, outline the options that are available, and then it lets them go away and think about, well, what is best for us and our family? And then they can come back and, you know, put things in place and, and get it dealt with. Um, personally, I don't uh, provide any sort of checklist or, or questionnaire because I think people just get bogged down in that process, um, but they can certainly get the conversation started. 
If you were thinking about anything, then of course, executor and guardian are probably the two most important issues. So maybe give that a little bit of thought. Uh, but again, it's always best just to get the conversation started and then we can take it from there. My job as a registered financial planner when I'm doing their plan is really, for lack of a better term, to be a bit of a nag. I mean, my job <laughs> is to get them doing it is my responsibility, again, is to make sure it's not about just RSPs, investments, life insurance, mortgages, all the dollar sign stuff. That comes later. My job first is to make sure they're looked after and really harp on that will power of attorney to get them to the expert like Bart. That's why we associate ourselves with portfolio managers, insurance experts. I cannot be all things to all people. We surround ourselves with the experts and refer to them and say to people, look, get this done or else your financial plan is not complete. So I'm really a nag. We do have a bit of a checklist and I know what Bart's saying about he has a conversation with people. We just do it in a sense of to get the ball rolling. And I tell people our template we use that Bart helped us build is more to get people prepared and at least put the thought in. It is not their will by any means. It is not, it is a drop in the bucket for the conversation they're going to have, but it gets them thinking in the right frame of mind. So they're prepared when they go into BART and say, oh, here's the thing, because you do need to know who your guardian is. You do need to know, other than say, husband, wife, who's going to be the executor, who's going to be the one to look after things. Always prepare for the worst case scenario, and then everything else is easy after that. I, I like that advice, gentlemen. And uh, Mr. Bart Aldris, thank you so much for joining the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast today uh, to touch on these subjects. And uh, for Peter, uh, a lifelong friend of yours as well, for being able to relate to these in a financial sense as well and trying to stabilize everything. Again, uh, if you'd like to uh, visit Bart, his website is coquitlamnotarypublic.ca. Bart, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, John. Peter, all my pleasure. Thanks, Bart. Appreciate it. And a reminder as well that uh, Peter's website is everythingfinancial.com. We are uh, Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. You can like and subscribe to us, of course, on all of your favorite podcast platforms. The Everything Financial YouTube channel is a great interactive place to experience the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. Uh, rate us, leave us a review. Questions as well can be uh, tabled for Peter. Uh, your money at everythingfinancial.com. A very, uh, very key episode seven, Peter. And uh, I thank you again for your time, my friend. Thanks, guys. And hopefully we'll get a lot of questions. And if we get a lot of questions, we can have Bart on again at a future date. And, and as things change, because he would know this as they change, <laughs> we can always look at doing an update down the road for people. Well, it's been our pleasure today. We hope you enjoyed it as well. Your Money Personal Finance Podcast.